You're tuned in to The Show on the Road, a new podcast where I interview songwriters, band leaders, and musicians from around the world. My name is Zach Lubitin. This week on the show, my conversation with a prolific Portland-based singing poetess who builds mountain ranges of rhymes with her colorful, impressionistic perspective of a world still shrouded in endless beauty and mystery, Anna Tivill. This is episode 42, and if I've learned anything recording the friends and strangers who've crisscrossed the country with me doing this program, it's that you don't need to be loud and wild or old and famous to make a listener on the other side of the stop what they're doing and listen, really listen. Anna Tivill is one of those folk singers who has passed between friends and longtime listeners like a secret talisman, a tiny gemstone that you polish in your pocket when you need a reminder that the earth is vast and the smallest things you pass on the side of the road are beautiful if you look at them from the right view. Growing up on the scenic shores of northern Washington state, Anna took up her instrument later than most, only after she had found her voice as a writer. And even then, her poems were private, kept in hidden notebooks, stacks of cinematic observations that would blossom later on her albums before Machines, Heroes Waking Up, Small Believer, and culminating in The Question, which was produced this year by multi-instrumentalist Shane Leonard and released on Portland's own Fluff and Gravy Records. Guys, this album has been sticking in my brain like a thorn, but in a good way? I mean, I can't stop listening to it. I'm lucky enough to have it on vinyl, and I'm not ashamed to admit that it's been spinning in my living room for six straight months. As soon as the needle hits the wax, Anna's hushed, sharp-edged voice begins slicing sonic film strips of angular verses that seem to build and build and build until the words flow out in blinking mini-movies that sear themselves on your eardrums and then are gone in a flash. We meet women working the morning shift selling gasoline, masterpieces of pure will just waiting on the world, a blaze of burning beauty, backlit, noble, a hallelujah waiting to raise a heavy curtain. It's like she's a cinematographer waiting for the scene to be shot in our mind. I'm sending out the bat signal to all my friends who were film majors like me, who never made a damn thing after you graduated. Take one of Anna's songs, let the camera start rolling, and see what happens. I bet magic will ensue. And speaking of magical realism, God, I had this thought listening to her record that what if she could collaborate with someone who's passed away from this world, a great artist like Leonard Cohen? Put them in the blue chairs right here in our living room and just let them go back and forth, spitting rhymes, building words upon words. I think they would be kindred spirits, just saying. Leonard, if you're up there, Anna would love to sit down with you sometime. Remember, if you have an artist or a songwriter or a band that really moves you, really elevates you out of the dark parts of your life, tell people about them. I know it seems simple, but with bands like mine, Dust Bowl Revival, we've been around for over 10 years, and everywhere we go, people will come up to us and say, where have you been my whole life? Where have you been hiding? And sometimes you can be hiding in plain sight, and that hurts to hear as an artist, because it means that the music that you've been working so hard to make is not being heard. And I'm so glad that I can make this program and get people like Anna into your eardrums even just for an hour or so. So here she is now, the wonderful Anna Tivill. And a song that you never heard And you're riding on silver wings And you leave in the blue world Northern Washington, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, from the small town up there called La Connor. 
So it's Lacondra. Lacondra. Oh, Lacondra. Yeah, it's up by like Bellingham. Oh yeah. Seattle area, kind of. Yeah. Did you? What did your folks do? Uh, my dad was a fisherman for a long time, um, which is why they ended up there. I think because um, he kept his boat at the marina and would go up to Alaska and. Mm. And my mom just retired from being a nurse practitioner for a, a lot of years. Yeah. Saving the world one person mm-hmm. at a time. Yeah. Saving the world and feeding them fish. Mm. I mean, there's worse things you can do yeah, in your life. I think so. Did you go out on the boat with your dad when you were a kid? Yeah, a little bit. We'd go, because he'd go for quite a while every summer for when when my sister and I were little and we would go visit him a time or two every summer and stay on the boat. Was he, would he go out for a long time, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, a couple months, a few months. That must have been hard. Yeah, I've, I remember it being, I, yeah, I'm sure it, my mom had a crazy time with two little kids all by herself all of a sudden. Then again, maybe she needed her own, her own space yeah, sometimes. They, yeah. I'm finding that now that I'm home mm-hmm. a little more the last few months, my wife mm-hmm. is like, so, uh, yeah, you're still here, huh? <laughs> uh, when are you guys leaving again, huh? <laughs> it is. I think it's so good for uh, you have your own worlds and you go out in them and then you come back together and you get to be separate people. And well, people are always assuming that it's like being a touring musician is like super bad for relationships, and I think yeah. it can be if you're out for really long periods yeah. of time. But like for bands like us, it's like we're doing a couple weeks and we're back. Yeah. You know, weekend and we're back. Yeah. And I think like it's good space. My wife like needs to be alone. Yeah. And I'm like when I'm home, I'm like, hey, what do you want to do? Yeah. You want to hang out? You want to go to the show? You want to like <laughs> go on the town? I just caught up. It's 11 a.m. Yeah, Entertain like, me. Can we just like watch Netflix tonight and do nothing? <laughs> what is your typical uh, like? What is a perfect Saturday night for you when you're home? Oh man. Well, I sometimes I hermit out really hard at home, and I love to just read and write and get weird in my brain, and uh, or go for a long walk with my dog is a good Saturday night. Or or there's always a lot of music happening in Portland. I always like to go see friends play, mm. go go wander around the neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and yeah, I I think I stay home a bit when I am home though just just from being gone a lot I was gonna ask you about dogs because I feel like I'm seeing like dogs crawling in and out of songs uh, in a couple yeah. of your albums I do have dogs when you write a song about a dog versus a person is it like the mm-hmm. same type of feeling or is it a different type of feeling because I there's that research that came out that people actually feel deep deep you know, feelings for dogs even more than they do for their huh. own, like, partners in life yeah. sometimes. Or dogs are less complex emotionally. They, they don't really talk back. They love you more cleanly, yeah. more simply. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I always think dogs, I guess they seem so symbolic to me in creating an image. Like, a, when you're in a place, I feel like the way that dogs are the way the dogs are kept or what they're doing is so it can like set a scene so well if, if a place is really lonesome and there's just like one dog pacing back and forth in a barbed wire fence thing that's a certain scene or there's like you know a couple of fluffy dogs in a bike basket that's a different scene I don't know that's how it is in my mind whereas whereas cats I feel like they just do what they want all I the time. I don't know, yeah, like, what do they really want, yeah. you know? I don't know if they know. What do your folks feel about your nomadic lifestyle? They're really, they, I lucked out, I think, especially because they really love folk music. Mm. So that, I feel like, thank God I didn't play death metal or something. <laughs> I think they'd be a lot more like, well, so now you're going to get a real job, right? Though hearing your voice doing yeah. death metal, I mean, <laughs> that would be... I would survive like one show and then just <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah, they no, they've been super supportive, and I think in the past few years, especially, they've they they think they've stopped wondering when I'm gonna use my degree and started being like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And what is your degree in? Spanish. 
Mm. Yeah, which is so rusty now. Yeah, solamente un poquito. (laughs) (laughs) Did you study abroad at all? I did, yeah. It was in Spain for half a year during college, which was really amazing. Where? Granada. Mm. Yeah, it was fun. So what did you do when you were in Spain? Were you uh, studying, like, literature or stuff like that? It was... Yeah, it was it was just like super Spanish immersion, and so we'd take classes all day. Um, I wish I remembered better. I have such a terrible memory, just in general. But in my, I think I remember more in like smells and colors and mm-hmm. sounds than like yes. And then we went to this town that was called this, yeah. and and it looked like this. Yeah, man. I love tapas so much. Me too. I really, I love the culture there. Is so, it like made me jump out of my skin at first and then I loved it. It's just so much more unhurried and family oriented. Yeah. People are out with their like four year old kids until 1 a.m. just hanging out and enjoying each other's company. And it's very, like if you, I remember multiple times someone would be like okay meet me here at four mm-hmm. and I'd be like okay and I'd get there at four and they wouldn't come and they wouldn't come and like an hour later yeah they'd show up if they showed up at all and be like oh well I saw so-and-so yeah. and so we got some tapas <laughs> yeah. but that's how it it's like whoever wherever you are in the present right you do that with your whole heart and are you a, are you a prompt person? Uh, I don't know. I try to be, but I'm never I'm a procrastinator for sure, but yeah. I hear you take a lot of notes when you're on the road. Like Yeah, I write a, I write a lot just just like little half poems and lyric ideas and stuff, just scribbling scribbles. Do you have like a go-to notebook or is it like mm, I wish phone? I did it's all over the place it's like backs of gas receipts and mm. and I lose everything all the time and yeah do you write mostly with pen and paper still for lyrics so, uh, both when I'm when I'm really gonna like write a song I usually use my computer just because it I feel like it's a faster brain to mm. which I wish I didn't because I love the idea of not using it but but it is really nice to, as soon as you have the thought, it's there, and you can kind of edit it as you go. And But I kind of do half of each, I guess, writing-wise. Yeah, I feel like I started emailing myself lyrics years ago because I yeah. there was some song that I loved that I wrote on some piece of paper, yeah. and I lost, and I was so mad yeah. at myself. And I sometimes you can really get it back. You know, you just sort of hum the melody, and you're like, "Oh yeah, 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 this yeah, is what happened." That's how and it, it was like heartbreaking when you were like, "No, it's gone." Yeah, like it's totally gone. You'll never have that feeling again. Yeah, yeah. it is. It does seem really like fleeting that stuff. Or if you like, I was listening to an interview with Andrew Bird the other day, and he said this amazing and infuriating thing, where someone was asking him a similar question of like what do you do when you have an idea? Do you, are you always writing things down? And he said, well, if I have a idea, if it's good enough, I'll never forget it. Hmm. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> That's amazing. It's but his I, best work yet. Yeah, but I feel the opposite. If I don't, if I just like, things just kind of come and go. And if you're not ready to work on it in mm. that moment, a lot of times it's gonna, that moment's gonna go away. And yeah. So just like being in that mindset seems like a good I'm a little mad at you because the title track of your new record is called The Question mm-hmm. and I can show you the notes of the new album name Ideas that I've been having for our new record oh really and the top one was The Question really and I was like god oh no it. you could still do it no, why not you could call it the question, or our question, how about... Or the questioning, I was thinking, maybe. You can just parentheses, not Anna's. <laughs> a different yeah. question. You can call it the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, getting an album title is tough. You yeah. Think it used to be super easy for me, where it would come, like, really early. And, yeah. And now I'm like, 
having to like ask the heavens to yeah. like drop it in my brain. Pouring through lyrics and yeah, do you guys title stuff from songs or do you usually pick something that's not in? You sometimes, songs? but uh, depends. or like a certain lyric from a song, but uh, I don't know. Like, there's a possible song that could be the title track, but it's like almost so simple that I'm like. I don't know, is that memorable? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, the title track of your record, The Question, is, oof, it really reminds me of the Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah-type oh, sort of thank you. circular, uh, lyrical uh, ebb and flows that, hmm. you know... I want you to tell me about this one part of the song, uh, starting with the Bible in a locked drawer. Can you tell me those lyrics... Yeah, it's the the Bible in a locked drawer, the past you gave it up for, the hymnal and the comfort in exchange for living free. Um, I love that. Thanks. Thank you. What is what does that stir up in you when you hear it right now? I th- I think that that poem that that song started as a poem that I wrote in New York City at night and I saw a man putting on a wig and makeup in a window and I was kind of just thinking about that experience and that kind of loneliness of like questioning whatever it is your identity or your gender or how mm. like how do I feel inside of me and how do I how do people see me mm. how, and do, do those things match and what is like my my faith or my connection to whatever it is, my connection to something bigger, what has, like, what has been fed to me as right in that mm. realm, and then does that make me feel free, or or does that tell me I can't be who I am? Or mm. I guess it kind of came from that direction of just thinking about, I think I have a few friends who are going through transitions um, and, and just people that grew up with faith being such a big part of their lives and then and then it ends up being something that doesn't accept mm. who they finally figure out they really are mm-hmm. and it's like for years and years they've been told nope that's not a, that's not a way that's true or possible it, just, it feels so wrong because I feel like Jesus would be totally down <laughs> I hope you know? so yeah but then again, it's like all of us sort of implanting some sort of mystical uh, projection on what we think Jesus would say. Or, yeah. Or, you know, but yeah. Just, bumper stickers about that. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like he would reject entire groups of people based on them choosing a certain type of love. Yeah. I doesn't feel like sure he would do that. Sure as hell hope, Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the best of of what that stuff can pull people toward, but it's, yeah, there's like a whole world of people that are following that path that don't feel like that, which is a confusing thing, I think. Can we try playing, like, that verse into the chorus? Sure, right now? Yeah. Yeah. I knew you by description The tall tales, the pictures Your short hair and your lipstick The eyeliner and nylons The calm upon your face drawn Revealing next to nothing A deal you don't believe And the Bible in a locked drawer The past you gave it up for The hymnal and the comfort In exchange for living free Yeah. Okay. Glad we figured that out. I love love when, like, you have to look up your own lyrics. I I definitely do that sometimes where I'm like... It's just like everything is slightly connected to everything else. It's like, yeah, that's such a funny game. All right. All right, since you have your guitar out, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but that, there's something about that, that in exchange for living free, you know, it's like, 
it feels like it doesn't have to be an either or, mm-hmm. but like just... our society has made it that way. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're with us or you're against us. Yeah. You're on my team or you're on the other team. Yeah. 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 It feels like it's, I don't know, it feels like such an important time right now where we're like pushing forward and sliding backward at, this, at the same time in these, but I think it's causing a lot of really real pain, but also really real conversations that you know, of what what is what is gender, what is like what does Jesus say and why and is that old? Are those stories really old and maybe it's okay there's like other stories that we totally don't follow anymore because it's like you can't you can't sit in any chair that a woman on her period has sat in that you know like things that were like that's old yeah we don't need that that doesn't that doesn't help us be good to each other anymore and, yeah and then there's other things that were like no that's that's the way it was and the way it always shall be do you think there's a guiding force that links everything together or is it just chaos and we're figuring it out day by day i don't know i i feel like I kind of love the idea of, and I I hate the word energy. It immediately sounds like like dragons and crystals, but but kind of that that everybody's putting out a lot of a lot of color and feeling into the world, and that affects things, and and there's ripples and. But yeah, I kind of love the idea that I don't know and that mm-hmm. I feel like I should try to do good and if there's certain stories that help me do that then mm. then yeah, I want to I want to read them but but read everything with a grain of salt and yeah. and try to like watch people who seem to be helping people and yeah. I, I don't know. There's a lyric in your song, uh, Two Strangers, about uh, holding out for something better, what it is, I don't know, that I feel like is a really powerful thing where there's a restlessness that I think a lot of creative people have where, you know, there's this agitation that creates sometimes these beautiful pearls, but also, like, also just creates unhappiness and yeah. angst and like you're never content with what you have or yeah. where you are or what you're creating or you know, yeah. the crowd's not big enough the yeah. song doesn't sound right you know yeah. and that's like a painful thing that I think a lot of artists don't talk about is just sort of like I don't know if it's perfectionism but it's discontent with one's own reality. work yeah. and own reality you know yeah, I think that's like such a human thing too. I, yeah. I think it's so rare that you meet somebody that's like, yeah, everything just worked out. And I'm feeling like I'm just, this is where I'm, I'm just, I have arrived. Yeah. In any, any like realm of life, I feel like I don't trust those people. When you meet them, you're like, well, bro, is that real? I think it's just, yeah, and especially in art because it's coming out of your, guts like that and and it means so much and you you like hope to connect it to other people but sometimes it doesn't and it's so reflective of your soul and yeah it gets weird in there especially in the recording process i feel like i go back and forth between like doesn't matter it's just a song mm-hmm, to being yeah, like totally. yeah but we have to get this right or yeah. i'm gonna like hate myself this forever. is the way it will exist in the world yeah. forever yeah it has yeah. to yeah I know, I feel like I battle that too of of what I really believe is that it's just a moment in time and it'll like still change after you record it but then while you're in the studio you always have that feeling of like I I want this to be like as truthful as it can be and but it will never be that you'll always hear it and think oh no the the way I said the word and, that'll ruin it for everybody. <laughs> what about playing that snippet, holding out for something yes, better? Yes, I can do that. We're just going to like take little slices of your yeah. brain 
and somehow it'll work. The city lights, they shine like silver. And the city lights, they shine like gold. I'm holding out for something better. self-taught guitar player or uh yeah <laughs> i'll be learning that till the day i die for sure maybe no, i like know. that i like the the finger pick style that you do Thanks. when did you start playing songs um kind of kind of late in the game after my mid-20s it is uh, late yeah i sort of kind of always wrote poems and stuff but never showed them to anybody or and i and i played fiddle um with other bands, but yeah, maybe at like 23 or 24 or something, borrowed a guitar from a friend and wrote a little bit and really was was like, oh my God, I'm gonna do this only. <laughs> do you remember the first song you wrote? It was horrible. I think it was about whales. Whales? Yeah. And I was so into it. I just felt like I don't think I ever played it for anyone. I don't remember it now. I wish I had it recorded, sort of, but not really. But I, I think I just loved the feeling, you know, like the weight that a melody can give to words. That mm. if you're just telling a story, you're like, well, I went to the store today, and it was kind of hard because I saw a guy sitting outside who who was asking for money and I felt like I was going in the store and you say that but then if you're like today I went to the store and there's yeah. a man outside asking for change and yeah. all of a sudden it has this like color to it that makes it feel more weighted mm -hmm. and I think I as soon as as soon as I felt that feeling I just was like obsessed well it, it heightens the world in this beautiful way yeah you know you can and I feel like John Prine does that amazing. Oh, you can just sort of man. put the most simple, mm -hmm. direct line, and you see the entire picture yeah. in front of you. Yeah, and you, know? you feel for that person. Like yeah. he's such a master of character. I think of, of yeah. like telling, telling a story that's not his from the inside of that person's mind. And yeah, I don't know. All right, I'm gonna do one more song since you have the guitar, and okay. then we'll put the guitar down. The uh, <clears throat> Song Velvet Curtain. Mm, yeah. The uh, the night circled mm, in yeah. like a dog in an alley. Oh yeah, dogs coming. Dogs. <laughs> dogs. Okay. And the night circled in like a dog in the alley, all matted and skinny and face full of hurt, and the theater still ringing with lost dreams of glory. The echoing voices of some brighter world. Is it a song kind of about the energy that is created between performer and audience? Or like... Yeah. It kind of definitely like reminded me of sort of that almost like gratitude feeling of just like, this is what we get to do. Yeah. It's not easy, but we can really tell stories and have people feel things and move through things you know that they wouldn't be able to move through otherwise yeah I think know? yeah I wrote that song I saw this janitor in an old theater last year who was by himself and he was sweeping up and he was singing and I just poked mm. my head and I don't think he saw me but mm. I, but he was all by himself and I couldn't stop thinking about it because it was so like on tour especially or, or playing music for a job, it's so based on like other people also enjoying yeah. your music. But he was just like singing in there. And I I don't know, I was just thinking about like maybe there was somebody in the back of the theater just taking a nap or hiding out who needed a place to be and, and they were listening and it felt like what they needed right then or something. I, I don't know, mm. it just kind of got in my head all day long 
I mean, it is amazing just sort of how primal just a person's voice in a room can be. You yeah. Know? Where, like, yeah. it doesn't matter that people have been doing this since the beginning of time. Like, if you get, like, a couple people in a nice-sounding room, like, the whole earth stops. Yeah. You know? And it's like if they mean it, you yeah. know? Like, you can put anyone anywhere, and if they don't mean it, then it doesn't... Nobody else feels it, but if it's like... I don't even if you like see someone singing in the subway, but they just like, it's, they mean it, and then it then it's like something so special, and yeah, it's funny in that way. I feel like we like we walk around so locked up so much of the time, mm-hmm. and we're like scared to make mistakes in front of each other or like be vulnerable. But and then there's this thing about performers where they're doing something really naked Mm. and then you're like oh and it feels good to see it Mm -hmm. kind of you know or like gives you permission to to feel whatever your feelings are a little more Mm -hmm. on a good night maybe it's like or it or it like makes you completely forget everything else that's yeah and that's the other yeah that's the thing i wish that yeah i i feel like I, i play in this style that's very much like let's all like feel deeply together (laughs) but then sometimes I go to friends shows and they just they make everybody dance and feel so happy yeah like oh that would be really fun (laughs) well that that's what I think with our band we're having this weird not transition but this thing where we want to do both oh yeah and we have been doing both for a long time where we have like Really fun mm-hmm. sort of horn section, rocking yeah. dance party, and then ooh, murder ballad, real sad yeah. folk song. Back to dancing, uh-huh. having a great time. Yeah. And I've always like sort of equally loved both. Yeah. You know? And have never been okay with just doing, doing sort one. of the feeling songs or just doing the party songs. Yeah. But I think I can also understand how people are like what is this band about? Yeah. Like, yeah. what are they doing? You know? Yeah. Sometimes people don't let, or they don't want, they just, the the thing that they came for, they're like, that's the, like, you gotta do only that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I can't please them all all the time. Do you think people have pigeonholed you in any sort of category or is it, are you okay where you are? Oh, yeah, I'm totally, I'm, I'm happy here. I don't, yeah, I think I'm still, I don't know if I've heard what people think enough to know if they, what they think even, you know, yeah. like I've been playing. I mean, they mostly say very nice things about Yeah, you. and I, yeah, and I, I feel like, I feel like as you grow, it gets more, you hear more and more of what, if people are like, oh, you're. Like, I, I liked your earlier work where it was like this. I don't like what you're doing now. or But I, I don't think I've... People have been responding for long enough to know <laughs> those things, you know, which is kind of a magical zone to live in for a while where you feel, like, free. You don't feel the pressure of, of what people need you to make. When did you make the decision to do this full on? Um, I don't know. Maybe, like seven or eight years ago. Um, but I've still, I've done a little bit of waiting tables in there over the years, but um, yeah, I kind of made a choice to to stop waiting tables full time and, and I moved into this little travel trailer in my friend's backyard so I could just like live really cheap and tour and, and not need so much for rent and bills and decided I'm just going to try this for a while and see what happens. So you wrote this song, uh, was it Fenceline? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, Fenceline, yeah. Wow, I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's not, you're fine. Why did I think it was like a weird... Well, because it is two words. I just kept it one word because I always wrote it like that when I wrote it, but... It's two words. So you wrote this song called <laughs> Fence Line, kind of about the Mexico border situation, but also sort of this very uh, 
close look at this one part of that world and that we're sort of reducing humans to these animals mm. separated by barbed wire, basically, you know? Yeah. Tell me about that song. That song, I've, I heard this really great interview on the radio on NPR a while back with a border guard who was talking about being, like, he, he was in charge of this short stretch of fence line, mm. and he said that he would find wire cutters and holes along it every morning when he came to mm-hmm. work, and and he just, it was a really powerful interview, I think, because he told that, he told that issue from a lot of different angles about, like, what border security is, but also, like, how each person that's trying to come across mm-hmm. it has a completely different situation and there's there's a lot of reasons why we should be looking at people as individuals and, and mm-hmm. not like all like us and them mm-hmm. kind of mentality that, that seems to have really grown but yeah I, yeah and I just it really struck me so much he just seemed like he he had such a humanity about the, the way that he saw that situation. That's where where it came from. Do you think in some utopian future it's ever possible to have a borderless society? I don't know. I I always feel like there's certain... There's like no amount that I can seem to read about what's happening or different issues that helps me feel like I know what would be a solution you know do you ever feel like that yeah. it's like with Israel and Palestine or anything like that I, f- I feel like I can read it from all different angles and then still just be like oh my gosh it just seems impossible to to do all the things to to make everybody feel free and to make everybody feel protected and to make everybody f- feel heard and it's, it, it just it feels like a game that like kids are playing a lot of times where it's like okay like now we're in Mexico oh now I'm in the United States like now I'm a different person you're like oh but that's actually real life with huge life or death consequences you know and like the brief time I was in Israel once it's like you look around Jerusalem and like everyone looks the same like we're all like pretty much the same but we've decided that you need to go behind yeah. that wall and behind that sort of uh, our issues demarcation are more important than yours yeah because you have this on your identification card yeah and it's just like what game did we create yeah. that this is these are the rules you yeah know? it's a really it's so complicated and it's so I feel like hurtful to a lot of people and there are places that don't that don't have borders or that you can freely cross anytime and it's yes I don't know I don't it seems like a lot would have to change for for that to work and there they you know there has to be systems in place for people to be safe but yeah man I don't know that stuff I feel like I could read everything and just not understand still kind of <laughs> If you were to have a, a music festival mm-hmm. outside your travel trailer mm-hmm. and you could book five artists, dead or alive, money is no object. Oh my God. Who would they be? Oh, that's so hard. Right, right at this moment off the top of my head, I think they would be John Prine and Gillian Welch and Tom Waits mm. and uh, maybe Dylan and Paul Simon mm. and then I would just like some heavies my brain would just explode <laughs> and I would die a beautiful yeah. wordy death uh, but yeah I guess it depends on yeah depends on the feeling you were having but yeah that I would enjoy the shit out of that festival yeah. that would be fun <laughs> yeah how do you keep your brain alert on a long journey? Um, I, do, I really like driving, actually. I, when I'm by myself, I listen to a crap ton of podcasts and music and kind of 
write things in my head and look out the window and I like the I think the motion of it is really a nice place to think mm. with yeah yeah what do you do when a new song comes to you but you're driving do you have to pull over um it depends sometimes it's just like the rhythm of it and then I record it into my voice memos and just kind of like work on it for a while and it's a it's a really nice space to work on something because there's no you can't be anywhere else you can't be doing anything else but like writing in your head mm-hmm. and that's kind of freeing uh, so I'll do that but if it feels like it needs to be written with the guitar or something I'll kind of record the first idea into mm-hmm. my phone or write it on a scrap of paper and then do it later at the motel or whatever But I do miss having my I had a little Vespa motorcycle oh, awesome and it was like a really awesome like song generator yeah it's like something about like the wind going mm-hmm. past your ear and this sort of like yeah like shakes you loose or something yeah it's like this yeah. very uh rhythmic sort of thing almost like there's like a beat going yeah you know or like your windshield wipers can yeah. get it going yeah and now i had to finally say goodbye to it because it was it died mm-hmm. and uh so sad yeah it was like it was like a <laughs> Like a small death in the family. Yeah. Had it like 10 years. I was yeah. like, no. It's part of your growing into a person. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think the moment was where you felt like you were an adult? Oh, I don't, I don't think that's come yet. <laughs> <laughs> Every year when I do my taxes myself on free TurboTax, I'm just like, oh my God, when am I going to yeah. be an adult? <laughs> Uh, I made how much last year? Yeah. Negative what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think... I, I, I do really, really feel like music has helped me in a million different ways to know who I am mm-hmm. and just be comfortable in my own like weirdo skin and brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's... That's good. I think I spent a really long time feeling really fearful and uncomfortable. And what were you afraid of? I don't know. Just like people judging you. Yeah, that amongst a lot of other things. I think of like feeling like you can't express anything in a way that makes sense, or you don't mm. understand your own like twisted up insides, and you can't quite mm. figure out why you feel sad or why you feel mad, and. Or like how to connect to people and why that isn't easy and mm. why why am I such a loner? Why am I such a hermit? And and then, but music is so. I don't know. There's I think because there's no rules and there's no mm. right right way to say something. You can really just kind of say it how you feel it, and then and then maybe somebody comes up and says, "Yeah, I feel that too," and that is just magic. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it feels like sometimes that you can create a connection with people beyond uh, f- friends or family type yeah. connection. Just like, and you don't even know them, and you maybe will never know them. Yeah. But in this moment. Like a special, yeah. It's people, you know, that light in people's eyes when you know the song is hitting them. Yeah. You know, that's, it's the most intense high I think there is. You know? Yeah, I do too, and just like such a thing to to strive for to like the the songs that you hear that make you f- figure yourself out to mm. be like oh if if I could ever make anybody feel like that that's like you know like how much you need music to survive but to to like try to make something that could mean that to anybody I I feel pretty lucky to to get to call that a job, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you say you wrote poems as a young person, but you you never shared them. Yeah, I didn't. You I, weren't, like, 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 putting them in, like, the school journal? Or no, the... I think I probably took a, I took a couple, like, writing workshops or, you know, creative writing things where you'd share stuff, but I, oh, man, it would make me so sweaty and <laughs> terrified and... Yeah, I didn't really... I think poetry is less like that than songs. There's less of an... Or for me, anyway, less of an urge to be like, 
hello, group of peers. Please <laughs> yeah. let me yeah. bestow upon you this like weird snippet that yeah. I've written. A list of items I saw in this gas station. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me feel. <laughs> yeah. Then and it's a, yeah, a song seems so much more accessible right up front. Uh, maybe that's not true, but I feel like that. To like more people are willing to give that a listen than, than like your monologue about, yeah, whatever it is. What is the best advice you've ever gotten from your grandma, if she ever gave you advice? Oh man, I didn't really know either of them. I did. I had a step grandma who was like a grandma for a while. And she gave some pretty hard-nosed <laughs> advice. Uh, Get a real job. Yeah, much like that. Uh, one thing, she asked what I was studying in college, and I told her Spanish, and she said, uh, well, they can speak their own language. <laughs> so I, I feel like God love her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she was also really, I mean, she was a really strong-willed woman in a time when that wasn't mm. as easy and as accepted so I feel like I saw that in her and learned a bit from yeah she just like worked really hard to get the world to be the way she wanted it to be and was like a big reader and mm. a thinker so yeah how do you think the playing field will be even or can it be evened out with more female artists on festivals or in, you know, more positions of power in the music industry? Because it's still like pretty much a sausage fest out there. You know? <laughs> it is, yeah. But I, I mean, I think it's. I think all the conversations right now are so helpful, and 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 women that are out there doing it so bravely, and like Brandy Carlile. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever I'm. I want to remember good reasons to make music. I just watch videos of her even just like talking about stuff because she's like never faltered in her good heartedness behind it. You know, Mm -hmm. she's always just been about family and about telling the truth and and just like being a joyful, joyful performer and a grateful performer. And Mm -hmm. that, I feel like she's out there inspiring the shit out of a lot of people whether they be men or women and it I feel like those people are going to change it for everybody and yeah I think it's just like less separation or less like uh, ladies nights or whatever just like these (laughs) are artists they're making art yeah it's powerful let's you know but it but it's good I think there's some really good conversations happening lately in a really big effort to be more inclusive and be more diligent about it, which is good to see. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do a a creative exercise. Okay. When's the last time or have you ever written a play? Am I writing this or am I... We're going to write a short play together right now. Oh, God, okay. But it's going to be... is my answer to that question. Never? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, if you could have a conversation with someone that you admire from history, mm-hmm. who would it be? Probably Georgia O'Keeffe. Okay, so we're going to do a dialogue okay. in three minutes between ourselves and Georgia O'Keeffe. Okay. And here we go. Alone in the dark at the edge of the border A coyote call in the moon from the sky The bright shining eye of a circling vulture And holes in the old fence line And traveling far from the land of my father The red cactus flower in the way the faraway barking of dogs by the water and holes in the old fence line. 
All right, and we're back. Uh, so we're, we just wrote a conversation between ourselves and George O'Keefe that, you know, maybe in some other universe actually existed. <laughs> Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Well, I just wrote questions. Great. Okay, yes. I would like to know from Georgia O'Keeffe um, so many things. I would ask her, I think, what the first the first time that she was like deeply moved by any kind of art, or the first time that she remembers realizing that that was something that she needed mm. in her in her body, kind of. Mm-hmm. That's that's one question I'd ask. I'd ask her um, if she likes what she makes right away, or if she feels like things are ever finished. Mm. I would ask her what it was like when she fell in love, if if she felt like her art changed or the reasons that she made it changed a lot. Mm. I would ask her what made her move somewhere so isolated, what she looks for in other art. Um, I would ask her what she thought thinks her paintings make other people feel and if she feels like taken seriously kind of in the kind of in the time when she was mm. becoming more well known if she felt like it was hard to get people to see her mm. you know and her work as something legitimate mm-hmm. kind of um yeah a lot of things sweet <laughs> maybe she'll appear yeah Maybe she'll appear and you can ask her. Yeah. Okay, so I wrote this dialogue. (laughs) Great. Hi, what brings you to this parking lot? (laughs) Georgia goes, well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I can appear wherever there is enough love and good energy. (laughs) You must really love my paintings. I said, well, I do. Uh, They're like beautiful canyons and the canyons like within the human body and then georgia says you're not going to talk about the vagina stuff are you <laughs> and i said uh I, w- I would never do that and georgia's like okay good i hoped you'd be better than that <laughs> and i said uh, i guess sometimes art confuses me like i don't know what or who it was intended for and georgia's like confusion is good creates conversation. Mm. People need to think about about the many things that make the world beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, you're so right. Uh, are you going to go inside this coffee shop? Uh, can I buy you anything? And she's like, no, I have, I have everything I need, thanks. And then she flies away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that play. <laughs> I would go see that time and time again. <laughs> Just a random guy asking... Yeah. Acting it out in a parking lot. Ghostly (laughs) George (laughs) O'Keefe. All the questions. Mm -hmm. Will you take us out with a a full song? Yeah, totally. Like an old bronze.
Anna Tibble. You can go to AnnaTibble.com for her music and her tour dates. Uh, her newest record, as I mentioned, is called The Question. It is unquestionably awesome. And she will be touring all throughout Europe supporting her record, uh, starting in Germany and in Belgium and the Netherlands and going over to the UK. Uh, and then she'll be coming back to the States and playing in Nashville at the basement November 1st. So check that out. If you go to bluegrasssituation.com, you'll see a wonderful video premiere from back in May of her song Minneapolis, which uh, touches on that stuck, stagnant feeling you get in a Midwestern winter. Man, I love Chicago where I'm from, but I just don't know if I could take that grayness for five straight months. It's a certain type of sadness, and she really captures it in this song. My Gang Dust Bowl Revival has one final hometown-ish show before we head to Europe. That's at the Huck Finn Jubilee this Sunday, September 28th in Ontario, California. Guys, we will be announcing when our new record's coming out. It's going to be really exciting. After that, we'll be playing in Stuttgart, Germany, October 3rd, Ingolstadt, Germany, October 4th, at the Rangtang in Freiburg, Germany, October 5th. Guys, I've never been to almost any of these places. If you know anybody in Germany and Denmark and Sweden and the Netherlands and Spain and the United Kingdom, tell them we're coming. It's going to be really awkward if they don't come. 
if you're a really intelligent, attractive person, you may want to share this podcast with your friends. And guess what? We are on Spotify and on Stitcher and on iTunes. And you may have missed some of our special previous episodes, like my talk with Abigail Washburn and Bela Fleck. Or recently, I got to sit on Steve Earle's tour bus in Kentucky, or go back to the beginning of our podcast when I got to talk to my friends, the Wild Reeds, about their beautiful three-part harmonies and rising rapidly in the indie folk rock world. And if you love podcasts, BGS has a whole network of podcasts, including The Shift List, which is hosted and written by our wonderful editor, Chris Jacobs. He talks to chefs about their music, tastes, and how their recipes come together. It will make you hungry. It'll make you move and dance in your seat. It's really fun, so check it out. The Show on the Road is hosted by me, Zach Lupiton, and produced by the handsome Hawaiian Chris Jacobs with support from the Bluegrass Situation team. If you love The Show on the Road, please leave us a review or rating over at iTunes.com slash show on the road. Tell your friends, and also be sure to check out BGS's ever-growing collection of podcasts up right now on the bluegrasssituation.com. The Show on the Road is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. This is Zach Lubiton. See you on the trail.